Welcome to Editing Aloud and the manic news cycle continues. I suspect that one day when we journalists have to go out looking for the news, we will probably have forgotten how to do it because it just comes at us these days. And this week, news of a quite surprising cabinet reshuffle. Tim, what is Jacob Zuma up to? Well, you know, it's very hard to tell. Um, the, um, I mean, I think this is a, this, you know, this is the twelfth cabinet reshuffle in the eight years, nine years. Uh, the uh, so now, you know, people are getting inured to the idea of cabinet reshuffles because they happen so often. This uh, um, and they're very hard to interpret, to be honest. Um, the uh, in this cabinet reshuffle, two people were moved who only got their job seven months ago. The uh, so. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, you look at it and you can't fathom what is going on here. Um, well, I mean, behind the scenes, the one important part uh, is that the state security minister has now been appointed the energy minister. So now this is the the uh, fifth, sixth energy minister. So I mean, oh, the president is trying to find an energy minister, obviously, <laughs> to get the <laughs> nuclear deal through, and it's running out of people. It seems like. Uh, I mean, it's. It's uh, it's uh, chaotic, uncomfortable. It's it's uh, um, really it's uh, it's it's not. Uh, it doesn't help us develop as a country. Uh, it's getting to be ridiculous. Would be my point of view. Ray, Ray, um, I, the market seem to have been just a little bit spooked, and and I gather that there's some concern now about will the next cabinet reshuffle include Cyril Ramaphosa. I mean, how likely is it that this is the first of? you know, at least two such cabinet reshuffles, perhaps ahead of December. Yes, well, um, you know, it was notable that he did not, what he did not do, which was widely expected, was he did not give Nkosuzana Tlamini Zuma a post. So that means one, one of two things. Either she's no longer regarded by him as a serious contender to take over the presidency because her campaign has been very weak and she hasn't really... You know, she's been going around the countryside stirring up apathy. And um, and he's, he's decided that he can live with a compromised candidate like William Kieser. Or there's another little shuffle coming. He's just trying to get some ammunition to get rid of Ramaphosa and put her in as deputy. So, you know, the, the guy who lost his job in this reshuffle was Bladen Zimande, the, the general secretary of the Communist Party. So what does that mean for December? What does that mean for what's happening in the alliance? It means, in z from Zuma's perspective at least, the Communist Party is a toothless dog. He's, he's, he's been busy for the past 12 years pulling its teeth. It was Jacob Zuma himself. Now they can just wah, 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 wah on the side and nothing will happen to him as far as he's concerned. Except it would seem to me that he's making the same mistake that Tabombegi made. Uh, you, you, you have Kosati against you. Uh, you have uh, the, the SACP against you, uh, and and uh, and and of course, so he he he's sitting there like, Blade, you've been too, you, you've been criticizing me too much. Out you go. Let's see what you can do. Then he divides the the SACP and leaves uh, uh, Rob Davis in there and leaves. Uh, uh, Jeremy Cronin and leaves Ibrahim Patel and all the other communists in the cabinet. They threatened to resign. Remember, in March, when 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 there was rumor that Pravin Gordon would be would be fired, and he went ahead and fired him, and they didn't resign. Now he's firing their boss. Uh, so it, it it's just uh, each man for himself. It would seem in that cabinet, uh, they are all sitting there waiting for their turn to be fired, and none of them is doing anything about it. Uh, so, he, but he's freed, uh, he's freed Blade in Zimande to go campaign against him. 
uh, as, as, as he is with the other guys. Though, though oddly, we had, we had the ANC, as it has done before, we had the General Secretary of the ANC himself saying, oh, sort of rather bleating, we weren't kind of consulted. What, what does that mean about the state of the party? Right? Well, you know, I think the thing is that Zuma didn't consult when he did the big one, which was Gordon, and there were no consequences. He's mm. still president. The party's, you know, nothing has happened. So fact, from now on... The party went to vote for him yeah. in parliament and defend him. Exactly. Mm. In fact, the party closed ranks and supported him in parliament. So, so he's, you know, he, he, he doesn't care. He's sort of, well, what are you going to do? Um, Tim, is that, is that the sense in which, is this a cementing of his power? No, I mean, no. I mean you know, it's a difficult. It's difficult because I think he he considers it to be a kind of cementing of his power. It's certainly a cementing of his power in the sense that that that, uh, that you know that, that there are no sort of consequences, uh, immediate consequences to it. But I think in the longer term, it's a weakening of his power. I mean, I, the, the uh, uh, at some point, you know, you might expect the Communist Party to actually do what they say they're going to do. You know, uh, 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 so perhaps. You know, when uh, there's only one SACP member left, you know, they'll, they'll actually, you, we, we won't have to accuse them of hypocrisy, which is a very easy charge for us to lay. But anyway, the, um, uh, I mean, I, th I think he, 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 you know, all of these steps, it, it, you know, the most important thing is that they play badly in the public. Um, and, you know, I, I, we had a, an article recently about comparing uh, Jacob Zuma with, uh, with Putin and saying they both came out of the, you know, as a sort of common theme that people talk about quite often. The difference is that Putin is still very popular on the ground in Russia. The, uh, and, um, and every time Jacob Zuma does this, he erodes his popular base. Uh, and but to but the extent that it almost doesn't exist. In Nigeria. That's true. They <laughs> give him statues <laughs> and things like that. He's, he becomes a popular person. Funny you should mention Russia, though, because um, the Sunday Times reported how Kenny Kunene and Gaten McKenzie, the new Guptas who are in Zuma's new inner circle, went to Russia to seal a five billion rand, or is it dollar, I'm not sure, oil deal. And who went along with them? The then State Security Minister, David Mitlobo, mm. who has subsequently been made Energy Minister. Mm. So Couldn't be anything fishy there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, 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 of governance and other such things, the SABC board, I'm just wondering, We've had a board finally appointed at the SABC at the pleasure of, of the president at last. Um, is this another South African Airways where the board looks okay, but you've got a chair and a deputy chair who are quite clearly uh, friends of the president? Or a public investment corporation <laughs> where you have the minister coming in with new energetic people who have a, set, a serious agenda to push. So the president in, uh, in on the SABC case has got someone who chairs the, is it the Jacob Zuma Foundation or one, one of those? One of his wives. One, one of those foundations. Yeah, which, which wife? Don't worry. <laughs> 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 so it's uh, chairing one of those and, and that very same guy is running for the ANC National Executive Committee uh, for a seat there in December. The president is trying to, 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 to hold, to, to gain some power uh, because you have independent people there like uh, Kube, uh, what's her name, Fubi, Kube uh, Tubule, mm. and, and Matata Tzedu, and, and these guys that have fixed the SAPC in the last six months, uh, but he, the, then they, they, they've got these guys. So he's trying to retain some power 
and these people will appoint a chief executive and they have to again ask him to uh, listen mr president we want that person yeah well sort of i mean the the reason he, he i mean he had no choice about approving the board i mean he the he had uh, to appoint a he board. had a point a board and the uh, the board was presented to him by parliament that's how it works constitutionally uh, but he he did have a have a choice about who would be the the, the chair, chair. <laughs> and, and, and he chose chair. surprise uh, the, friend. the friend, friend of his the uh, um, yeah to moving along to Oh, quite an immediate event in our lives, certainly as financial journalists, uh, next week's medium-term budget. Uh, Minister Malusi Gigaba's mm. maiden medium-term budget. Um, is this going to go down as the minister who caused the downgrade? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, th I, I, th I should be asking you this question. You know more, much more about it than I do. But I can't help noticing on your column, there's a very good uh, um, headline, which says, Gigaba has no rabbit to pull out of the hat. And um, as I'm sure that you could tell the audience yourself, but I'll tell them if, because, you know, uh, um, you're sharing this, the... Uh, um, the expectation is that that he will that, that revenue will be somewhere between 33 and 40 billion rand short, uh, and uh, and the question is how does that get filled, uh, and uh, the um, uh, s and that's what we are you know this is the question that's uh, that will be posed next week, um, and you know it just doesn't see, we can't see I can't see any way that he can uh, he can he can sort of conjure up that rabbit. Yeah, th it, though, though I suppose that's what we'll be watching very closely is the realism of the figures and whether his projections on growth, on revenue, on the deficit and so on are realistic. But I'm trying to imagine, uh, Siko, uh, what a Malusiki Gaba budget speech looks like because we've really become used over the past 20 years to something that is very carefully crafted by Treasury officials um, to give very careful messages. Does a Gigaba budget speech look quite different? At least, at least one thing that I can assure you will be very interesting about it will be the cushy suit he would be wearing and how tight it fits him. And then the other details can, 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 can follow. follow. <laughs> yeah, can follow. But the, the shortages that Tim is talking about, the 30 to 40 billion rand, that comes before new man-made demands are added to the budget. That's South African Airways. That is ESCOM. In that budget, he has to make an allocation to ESCOM of at least 50 billion rand. And he's already spoken about something called soft support. He has to indeed give, dish out money to the SAPC and, and, and all the other problems that he created when he was a, a, a minister who is now being exposed in parliament as a Gupta fixer. Uh, now that's that that's the thing one one other thing that not many people noticed last week the Department of Environmental Affairs approved uh, a site for a new nuclear power station Mashlobo comes in says that nuclear power station will uh, we will have 9600 megawatts of power and he's been put there to do a specific job the job that Tena Jumat Peterson failed to do uh, the, the job that Mamuluku Kubai failed to do and she's being shoved out seven months later. Uh, the guy went to Russia, as Ray just said now recently. Uh, that's where the nuclear deal comes from. Watch that space then and see whether there will be an allocation. There already is of a 200 million rand uh, to, to, to see if this, can, this thing can be done. That study will perhaps come out and say we have to now allocate 
or, or we'll find money to build a nuclear power station. Ray, what are the big risks he has to manage, the big fiscal risks that he has to manage, and how is he going to do that? Well, I mean, the biggest problem is these state-owned enterprises that require huge spades for, them, for money. And, and incidentally, the money's not going to come any longer from telecom, the sale of government stake in telecom, so we from what I read in... Well, it's business <laughs> day. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe not. We, we, we're not quite sure about it. I mean, you know, they've said that they are no longer, uh, I mean, they've got a real problem with the telecom sale. Um, I mean, because, uh, you know, obviously they would prefer it to stay in quasi-state hands if it doesn't stay in state hands, right? Uh, so, uh, so that means shifting it basically from the, the state's balance sheet onto the PIC's balance sheet. Um, the, the problem is that the PIC has already got a big stake in telecom, and it's got a very big stake in telecoms. They're very exposed to telecoms in general. So they would prefer not to take you know, the, the full uh, uh, 20 billion rand, uh, which is the value of the, 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 the so government 12. stake. Oh, sorry, 12. It's it's about 12. 12. So yeah, it's a drop in the ocean. Mm. Yeah, These yeah. guys need uh, at enough. least about 100 billion rand. And yes. exactly half of that, as I said earlier, goes to ESCOM. Because ESCOM needs the money. Otherwise, yes. it's going to rob you and I blind again. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back and talk about ESCOM. Welcome back, and it's going to be Eskim, Eskim, Eskim for most of the rest of the show, uh, starting with McKinsey coming out with a five-page not-quite-apology nor quite-really-admission-of-guilt. Altogether, Tim, did McKinsey actually own up to anything at all? Uh, it's hard Maybe. to say. <laughs> I mean, they... they, they uh, Admitted that they had uh, that they hadn't concentrated hard enough. Uh, they admitted that they should have done things that they didn't do, like they uh, they um, should have had a part made sure that their partner had a contract with uh, with Eskom. <laughs> they, uh, they should have uh, done a due diligence on their par partner before the before they actually started work. Uh, that they all admitted to. What they uh, they have put the money into a. Um, uh, uh, although they haven't said exactly how much it is, but anyway, they claim that they've put their fee into an escrow account. Uh, they haven't paid it back yet, but if a court finds that they did the wrong thing, they will pay it back. Uh, so uh, the, uh, that's um, uh, what they didn't do was, was admit that, uh, that this was an illegal deal. Um, they claimed they were misled on that point. Uh, they s uh, and uh, so, you know, does this go down as, as an, an... Oh, and they said that several people had left of their own accord. Right. Uh, so th this is way, way, way less of a, of a kind of cleansing process than KPMG. Uh, this is really the, the most sort of casual, quiet... Uh, don't attend. blame us. Don't, don't, don't blame, blame us. Up. We didn't so do anything wrong except be a bit stupid. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. our 900 That's million rand. Totally yes. Not for believing, in my view. Sikonati, are you satisfied with what Absolutely to not. In fact, Tim has got it wrong uh, somehow. They are not saying people left of their own volition. They say we have taken action and disciplined some employees. And then they say Vikas Saga has decided to leave. Do you see a contradiction there or not? Some, we've disciplined people, we've taken action, and then there's no example whatsoever of who and how many. Then they say, 
our partner Vikasaga decided to leave decided now that's not like we fired him unlike the like KPMG gave the other day and said we've disciplined people and they are no longer with in our employ when they asked in parliament how did they live oh we actually paid them generously severance packages you will find uh, Mackenzie is not able to say even that that uh, we fired people. He says no, no. He decided to leave. So where where is the disciplining part of it? Do you mm. think that this is going to be another KPMG where where the more Mackenzie tries to sort of apologize, the worse it makes it for itself? Because because what happened with the KPMG statement was in fact all hell broke loose after that. I haven't seen signs of that so much with. The McKinsey statement. This whole thing is a big elephant. You eat it uh, piece piece by piece. We're still busy with KPMG for now. Once we're done with them, uh, McKinsey uh, should should be next. They should own up. They owe the people of South Africa 1.6 billion rand, and they are saying they put it in an escrow account somewhere. No, it doesn't belong to them. Doesn't belong to that escrow account. Belongs to to, to ESCOM and the people of South Africa. So it's going nowhere. This this matter until it is resolved satisfactorily, and that will be 1.6 billion rand resolution plus interest. It did make it onto the, I think the front page of the, the Financial Times. I mean, how much global reputational risk is there here for for a global consultancy such as McKinsey? Well, you know, I think that there is, it's um, you know the. Uh, the reason why we've be, we've seen you know big global companies actually doing something is precisely because of that international global risk. Uh, the and the reason why that we, we've seen absolutely no one in government have take any you know uh, uh, bear any uh, um, uh, negative effects at all. Not a single person. Not one person. Not one person has been even been told to go away and been given a you know a sort of golden handshake. Mm. Uh, sh- sh- handshake. The uh, um, uh, but I mean, I think that the uh, I think Sikha's right about this. I think that this is uh, you know gradually we're going to learn more and more about this contract because they've now made a set of statements about what they did and what they didn't do. You know, all of those statements are you know f- fantastically challengeable. I mean, they claim that they made a little mistake. You know, so they sent a letter uh, to ESCOM saying to ESCOM that ESCOM must deposit six hundred million rand into the accounts of their partner, right? Okay, so they said they've said that that letter was sent in error, and uh, but it it wasn't sent uh, in bad faith. Um, so um, y- y- that's a that's a big that's a big little error, you know. You know, they must demonstrate that sincerity with which they apologize. With the um, with a check, and that check will be made out to Eskom, so that another set of thieves can steal it. I was going to say, would you <laughs> give it to Eskom at this point? We've got we've well, got Eskom in Parliament in the parliamentary hearings on on state capture. We've got uh, Mr. Koko facing a disciplinary hearing. Um, this is uh, not throwing the best last on Eskom. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, I think the n- other reason why it's not going to go away is that there is going to be a court case now about, you know, what happens to the money. Because uh, um, they're anticipating this court case by, by saying that they will pay it back after the court case, you know, if, they, if the court case finds against them, then they'll pay it back, right? So everybody's assuming that there is going to be a court case about this. Um, the, uh, and the, the, the pertinent issue in the court case was whether or not um, the the government ha- approved uh, the contract 
so, uh, and you know, there's an already a dispute about that. There's already a dispute about the fact that, because uh, there's, there's, you know more about this than I do, but there is in one of the ESCOM uh, board minutes, uh, it's minuted that it's been approved do by you know government. Who told them that? A guy, a, a, a very credible man called Anoj Singh. Right. He told them, no, no, don't worry, the government has, has approved that. Yet nobody even approached National Treasury to, to obtain that approval, that deviation. Mm. Now, uh, I, I'll tell you this, you are a lawyer, you know more about this than I would. Uh, ignorance is no defense in the law. The fact that they didn't know the contract was illegal does not make them entitled to the money. Mm. They will return it and they must return it. They have to make out a check to ESCOM. And, and uh, an another fact, they know only too well that if ESCOM stays as is, compromised as is, that nobody will be able to go to court at ESCOM and say, we are reviewing that contract, we want, we want our money. I'm saying that because I have met the acting legal head. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Wawa Klalova. Completely uninterested. And uh, I, I was with him on Monday, and he just looks thirsty. That's all. Uh, he completely uninterested in what's going on at ESCOM. I spent a whole day at ESCOM on Monday, as I will spend this afternoon there. Hmm. Is what is coming out in this parliamentary hearing? Is it stuff that we didn't know before, or is it just confirming what we already knew? Have you been following that at all, Ray? Yeah, so far nothing really remarkable. I mean, it's a very slow grind, and it's very confusing because there are several parliamentary committees, and they don't want to tread on each other's toes. And you know, but we'll see. I I, you know, I as soon as they have a high-profile person in there. Let's have a look. Uh, you know, the SABC hearings in Parliament were quite good because the nation got to actually see the guts of this thing being spilled, mm. thanks to an MP who's no longer with the ANC, mm. uh, who led the charge. Mm. But does that this, would be does the this got in, Does this have any of the same kind of potential to Absolutely. To that? Uh, Brian Dermis earlier today, the former chief executive, was testifying. Fireworks. He says, Malusi Kigaba, and his, his, his fixer, a, a special advisor, a guy Mahlangu, I'm forgetting his first name. Siabonga. Uh, Siabonga Telcom, in fact. Mm. Took, yes, he's now at Telcom, mm -hmm. took me to the Gupta uh, Midrand uh, business and, and, and made me talk to the Guptas. I told him never to do that again. Siabonga Mahlangu tried to take me to visit the Gupta compound and he was working for Malusiki Kaba. He says, Zora Tzozi came in and gave me a handwritten note uh, saying, change that contract and give it to, uh, to the French company, EDF, uh, Arriva, those guys that built us uh, Kubek. Uh, when, a, when a contract had clearly been won by Westinghouse, that is, uh, that is the uh, 4 billion rand contract that went all the way to the Constitutional Court. This is just the start. Mm -hmm. uh, th these allegations to me are not new. I have spoken to many of the people that are testifying there and that will still testify uh, off the record. They are repeating everything uh, they, they, they have been saying over the years. I, 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 I know quite all of them. But it's just the start. It's going to be very interesting. What, what, what we should uh, be, be, be watching out for is whether indeed the evidence leader, Mr. Vanara, 
is being allowed to probe as much as he did at the SAPC hearing. It was him that, uh, that led the evidence there against the SAPC board. He's leading the evidence against ESCOM. He was here in Johannesburg a few weeks ago and spoke to a few people who shall remain nameless and he's got his, his well armed uh, with, uh, with documents that were previously unavailable to the public. Changing gear a little bit, uh, Ray, uh, all of us, I think, are probably Discovery Medical Aid members because this group is a Discovery Medical Aid group. Yes. Uh, would you bank with the new, newly licensed Discovery Bank, which is set to start up now that it has its license? Jeez, I don't know. I mean, that would be an endorsement. I'd have to be paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd declare you it immediately. You'd have to get some butter. Yeah, I think it's, it's very hard to bet against them, isn't it? I mean, these people are quite efficient users of algorithms, which is essentially what you need to make a success of this. I mean, they're taking on a very powerful banking establishment, but uh, they're not lightweights. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's fascinating because uh, I think Discovery is a fascinating company in some ways because it started off being a kind of medical aid uh, and then it gradually became, you know, a, a medical aid come insurance company and now it's becoming a medical aid insurance company come uh, financial uh, institution. And with every one of those changes, they've they've obviously made a decision about what is their, you know, what, what makes their organization unique and what it was, you know, there's this whole bunch of different things but one of the things that they had was uh, a real kind of ability to connect with people uh, their service levels were extremely high they had all of that kind of mathematical sort of backing uh, that Ray was talking about um, and this is you know sort of taking it into taking all of the, that skill space rather than being a kind of medical aid provider uh, so it's really about you know internally sort of deciding what you know what you're what you are what you're good at uh, and finding new markets for that. It's been an extraordinary journey. I just I wonder if they I wonder if they're going I to use paid. that I sort of <laughs> I wonder if they're going to use that sort of tech in the banking sector. I mean, you know, the whole thing is to you know how you drive your car determines how they rate you. And you know, what about and your and they your look out look at your information to yeah. see what your health risks are. Sikonati, you have made much analysis. in your column of the fact that you are dumping your bank, Standard Bank, because they both retain McKinsey as consultants and have KPMG as their auditors. And so they now have you have SAP as well. And they have <laughs> SAP. <laughs> That's so Standard Bank, let's be clear. That's Standard Bank we're talking about, it's not Discovery. As of the past bank. couple of weeks, you have a choice of two newly licensed banks to add to the existing bank. One being Discovery, which and, and the other being Time Digital. Um, and the third of the banks that's getting a new banking license is the Post Bank. So I suppose added to the existing banking landscape, you now potentially have three new choices yeah, yeah, from yeah. next year. There's quite a so lot So of of are you going to choose Time Digital, the Post Bank, Discovery, I or I've one of I the I other big I five? I've already chosen one of the big four, which has not paid me to mention their name today. <laughs> they didn't pay me last week either, but I said FNP, so I will not repeat who that bank is today. But I'll tell you, I would consider Discovery on condition they are not audited by KPMG and they don't have a consultant that's called McKinsey. Unlike Standard Bank, you see, if they differentiate themselves in that way, I would, I, I would certainly consider them. And if certainly their IT system is not backed by SAP, who, who have uh, received quite a few bribes from the Guptas uh, in order to do business at Transnet as they admitted a few weeks ago. So we've got one minute left. Is uh, Are we giving undue attention to just a couple of private sector firms who've been found to be kind of up to no good 
are we going to, should we be looking much broader at a whole bunch of other private sector firms who potentially might have also been embroiled somehow in state capture? Oh, totally, totally. And, you know, it's going to be, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of boards around the <laughs> country at the moment who are just wondering, just going to look a little bit, see what happened. Who else is going to go down? And I suppose the really <laughs> sad thing is, is, is that nobody in the public sector is going down for any of this. And that's all we have time for. Uh, please join us again next week for another edition of Editing Aloud.